Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, welcome back. I've got somebody that I'm really looking forward to introducing to all of you today, Mr. Todd Watkins. Todd um, is one of these, he's the, honestly, I shouldn't say this, but he's my favorite kind of agent out there because of the fact that he has been up the mountain and down the mountain. He's experienced all the wonderful pleasures and pains of the real estate industry. And the reason that I really appreciate people like Todd is because he's willing to talk about it. He's not trying to be real estate politically correct. And what you're going to learn from this guy is going to blow you away. So, Todd, I hope I'm not setting the bar too high for you. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, I hope I can deliver and, and uh, help out, help some people out today. Yeah, me too, because like I told you prior to the show starting, there's you know, probably 20 or 30,000 will eventually listen to this, and if they don't like it, I'm sure they're going to find you and let you know. Oh, no, sure. I'm kidding. Yeah. We, we have great <laughs> listeners. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to create you, uh, make you nervous or anything or you know, just having fun. That's all. Well, so let's start sure. out by telling them where you sell real estate, and, um, and then if you don't mind, tell your, a little bit of your background on how you got into real estate and those types of things. Sure, yeah. So I'm over here in southeastern Washington state. Um, I know it's called the Evergreen State, but no, we don't have a a pine tree near us. So it is all desert. So specifically in the Kennewick, Richland, Pasco area um, with that. And uh, and so I've got, you know, uh, people, I I should say, connections where we cover from Yakima to, to Walla Walla which is claimed for the, the wine country in, in the, in the United States here. But, uh, 16 years ago, I uh, set out to purchase my first home. You know, I grew up, my, my dad had, uh, construction companies, plumbing companies had done some development. My grandfather had rental properties. And for me, I knew that I wanted to continue into real estate, uh, just because, you know, I'd seen where they were and rentals were a great way to, uh, set yourself free and uh, have your money working for you instead of you working for your money. And uh, so I uh, looked to buy my first home, but I'll tell you, it was a horrible experience, Tim. Um, I fired, I think, five or six different realtors just trying to buy the first home because I wanted to buy a duplex or a rental. And they kept telling me that I couldn't do that. I can't buy a rental property as my first home. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, and so then I said, well, fine, I'll go look for a single family home. And, uh, you know, something fairly basic, three bed, two baths, uh, between 1,200, 1,800 square feet with a two car garage um, that I knew I could turn around and rent out when I was ready to move on to my bigger one. And those stinking realtors kept showing me two story homes or wanted me to buy one of their their listings that they had where they represented to get two commissions instead of one. And uh, I I remember the last agent, he's actually still in business in my area here, that I remember he got mad at me and told me, he said, well, you're you're young, you should just buy this two-story because you can afford to go up and down uh, stairs and and, uh, with it. And, you know, I grew up in a two-story, and I forget stuff all the time. I was like, I don't want to have to go back upstairs. And uh, (laughs) so that really kind of just was a straw that broke, that broke the camel's back and I eliminated the middleman and got my real estate license and uh, basically turned, made, made myself to, uh, into a one-man show where my goal is to try to help as many families as I can with buying and selling homes so that they never have to have that same experience that I did. So you are spawning, you are motivating me to tell a personal story because it's hilarious. It's very similar to yours. Um, Julie and I bought our first house when we were in college. It was 280 East Jeffrey. We bought it from the listing agent. She did virtually nothing to help us through the process. She was clearly representing the seller. We didn't have it inspected. Okay, that's how dumb we were. So we got this mortgage oh when we were still in. We got this mortgage while we were still in college, by the way, because we had another business that was doing quite well. 
the first uh, morning, Julie's taking a shower. In the shower uh, uh, you know, stall, there is a glass block window, which evidently was uh, you know, replacing an original window. I, I mean, you, these are not very high-quality houses, you know, if you can get the gist of what I'm trying to say here. So Julie sure. leans up against the glass block window, and the glass block window uh, basically falls out of the house while she's taking oh, no. a shower. Yes. And so that was, that was the impetus. <laughs> oh, man. True story. Well, and that, that was the motivation. We were like, holy crap, really? And this is how – is she double-ended this house? And this is how – you know, so that put us on the path to getting a real estate license. So I totally relate. See, that's the thing that agents don't understand. It's horrible agents that actually cause the industry to go around and cause all of us to want to get real estate licenses. Anyway, yeah. that was a funny story. <laughs> so For sure. I, I, wrote this, I wrote this question down. What would be like if you could talk to the Todd Watkins from way back then, and you could save him from some of the you know the trials and, and the unnecessary trials and tribulations of you know your path to continued success? What would be the three? It doesn't have to be three. It can be one. It could be two. But what would be the three things that you would tell that you know formidable Todd not to do? Three mistakes to avoid. Oh, man, well I'll tell you. You know I struggled. Early and often, for sure, probably my first five years um, in the real estate industry. And so, I, and I'll, I'll, um, I'll I'm going to sidetrack with a little story. Tim it was actually funny because I actually got fired for my first brokerage um, because I got two months behind on my bills and I couldn't sell any homes. You know, when I was first in the industry, the the broker actually just taught me how to fill out paperwork just to CYA them, the company, and that was it. And, uh, and so I got a job at AT&T and she found out about it and bless her heart. She was a hardcore DB. I mean, she'd been in it for about 40 years when, um, she was my designated broker there, but she came down and met me right there on the sales floor at AT&T and told me and said, Todd, you're either full time or no time with me. And I told her, I said, well, I'm two months behind on my bills. I've got to pay them. So I actually got fired right there on the sales floor. <laughs> Handed me my license. It was already signed off back then. And uh, But it taught me a lot of, of very valuable lessons as well because as she was leaving, she told me, she said, you're either going to be an amazing agent or you're going to go down in flames. And, uh, and so every time I struggle, I always see that conversation of her with it in there. And so that, that really has brought me to – understand more of myself, I guess, and the, the tenacity that I have. Um, same thing with, like, playing sports. I never gave up. It was always – and I was horrible at wrestling. I loved it, but I was horrible at it. And uh, I was – my first match ever was I had to wrestle. At the time, he was only on his way to taking his second of three state titles. And I flopped around like a fish. I made that guy work for a good 30 seconds before he pinned me um, <laughs> with, with things that are there. So it was bad. So, but, but never giving up, I, I'd say, is, is one of those attitudes that you just have to have. Um, you know, and you have to have the confidence in yourself to continue to moving, fo moving forward uh, with things. But I, I'd say one of the biggest lessons that for sure that I've, that I've had to learn the hard way not that I had to, I just chose to, right? We all make choices, and uh, I choose to be a little bit more on the stubborn side and, and had to experience everything for myself instead of learning from others that have been there before me. Um, but well, stop the there for a no. second. Stop, stop for a second there. Why? Why do you do that? Why don't you learn from the mistakes of others? Why do you choose to make them yourself? It's, you know, it just was one of those, for, for me, it was one of those things where I, I had, I felt like I had to experience it. I thought I was going to be the one guy that broke the mold, you know, that did something different. I was going to prove everybody wrong. And there's still so many different ways to prove everybody wrong, but why go against what many of the greats have already done? Um, you know, I know, so, I know a lot of so times you, people joke about. Well, just so I understand, just so the listeners understand, you're saying uh -huh. you realize now that taking that approach to, you know, real estate business and life in general probably was a mistake and you wasted a lot of time where you could have just learned from the mistakes of others opposed to having to experience all that yourself. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Oh, absolutely. And saved a ton of money too. And heartache and stress and pain, anguish, arguments. <laughs> I mean, the list goes on. I mean, I just, you know what? I, I remember going to a motivational seminar where um, the, the whole theme was 
uh, was basically um, that you choose to suffer. You know, suffering is, is by choice. It's not by, by consequence. Or I should say that is the consequence for choosing things that we do if we choose into the wrong, wrong action. Um, Why would someone choose to and, suffer, Todd? Why did you choose to a suffer? Lot, a lot of people In retrospect. Do you know, a lot of – yeah, a, a lot of it for me was just going, you know, like I was saying before, is I wanted to prove everybody wrong. Um, that, that I could do it my way, you know, my way was the best way. And, uh, and I'll tell you, part of that probably was, was some pride, some ego that I had. And, uh, and it's taken me a while, a while to get there. Cause you know, when I first started, I was going, I want the big lights, the flashy, you know, names on all the signs and being, be the name in everybody's household. Um, but that it's, it's taken me a long time to, um, humble myself, if that's a good way to put it, to, to get to where I just say, you know what, I'm not going to be everybody's favorite cup of tea. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be the one that's there, and I need to stick to do what's best for me and, and move forward with trying to help those that I can and in the best way that I can and really surround myself with better people that uh, are telling me or have been there, have done that, and, and can help guide me to where I, where I really want to be at the end which is, um, you know, making a better life for my family so that they're, they, and, and leaving this world in a better place than what I found it. Yeah, man, for sure. Being of service to other people is what I heard you say. And we're going to get into lead yeah. generation that everyone wants to know about. Obviously, you came around the hard way to realizing that doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level, in your own words, you know, was the yeah. only way. But before we get there, um, you said something to me last night in text, which I thought was really interesting. You said you – now, th- listeners, I know we're going to get into – we're going to start basically uh, – some of you are going to be uh, a little bit offended what we're about to talk about. And I want you to monitor your emotional response to some of the things we're about to talk about and ask yourself why you're feeling agitated by you know, us talking about teams and us talking about lack of profitability because some of the comments I get after I have these frank conversations with people like him are conversations where you guys haven't really thought it through. You're treating a team and you're treating the business model that you're emulating as literal. It's basically defending it like some sort of medieval religion. You, and you're not thinking of it in terms of profit. You're not thinking of it in terms of, like, what is the ultimate goal of why you got into real estate? So let's start there, and let's work our way back. What was the ultimate reason now that you've been in the business for a while that you got into real estate? Why did you decide you needed earn money? So that's the easy one. But beyond that, sure. why do you stay in it? Why do you – what's your – you know, what is your – like, why did you get into real estate? Right. Originally, when I got into it? How about originally and how about now? Okay, yeah, originally got into it because, I mean, obviously for the money. Um, And I didn't want to have to deal with other bad realtors that were there um, with things that were just, you know, trying to put put up with that. Um, However, you know, and that that has kind of transformed a little bit to where, um, you know, myself, I have struggled so much trying to learn. And and, and I realized that it really wasn't the realtor's fault. Um, a, A lot of times, you know, everybody wants the best. Everybody wants to get it. We, we get into this business, and I and I, I know you said it in an earlier podcast where um, you said if you get into this business to help people. If you don't like helping people, you're in the wrong business, which is certainly true. I mean, and that's what gets my warm and fuzzies for me at the end of the day is I love helping people buy and sell their homes, create better grip, you know, net worth through on, on the business side. But truly more for me is – because I've been through it now for 16 years, done a lot of this stuff, had the ups and downs. I want to help other realtors avoid those same pitfalls that I had to do. And so for me, it's, I'm it's a, uh, you know, having a team or, or trying to help train other agents, whether they're on my team or not, um, to help them avoid those mistakes and, and to do the right steps. Because I, I – uh, and I, I may I don't want to create any controversy, but I, I would I would go out on a limb and say that a lot of the designated brokers that are in many of the brokerages across the country are weak when it comes to training. I mean they're good about teaching agents how to fill out forms, but beyond that they're not good at teaching them how to be successful or how to grow their business and how to connect with with uh, with the community. And, and as someone who owns a coaching and training organization, I want to thank all those weak training brokers out there. Um, they've allowed <laughs> Julie and I to thrive for a couple decades selling coaching and training <laughs> agents. 
but but you know what? In their in their defense, I have to say the brokerage model right now has got a serious. You know, it's for a long time it's been under just the, the margins in the brokerage model. Some of these brokers I talk to, it's really sad. They're losing yeah. money and they're actually having to sell real estate in order just to basically keep the lights on. They don't know how to exit out of it. They have all these standing obligations and the stress that they have. Sure. They don't have time to train up agents. They have they have to placate the egos, and that's ultimately what happens in a lot of these brokerage models. You know, if you've got 100 agents, there's probably 20 of them that are, you know, basically you know, they're they're just big ego-y messes. And if you don't placate them and they'll ask for too much commission split, and I mean, the brokerage model is tough. And so to – yeah, but I get your That's point. So, I, so let's let yeah. yeah let's talk about something though that you and I talked about, which I thought was quite interesting because you've experienced this. You said specifically um, when you were building your team, you had to learn. You you, you decided that you did not want to have to spend a million to keep a hundred thousand dollars. You said something like that. What did you mean by that yeah. when you, with regards well, to teams? Yeah. So a lot of that was you know was trying to do the lead generation, um, trying to. I really was just trying to give more leads to my agents and we were selling, you know, a couple of years ago, we sold tons of homes um, that, that at one point, and I know this was a hot topic that the, uh, that company that uh, starts with a Z and, and, uh, what, and Zilla? We're, we talk about like, Zillow all the time. We, yeah. We okay. talk about Zillow all the time. Yeah. So you were, you were uh, buying, I, you were buying a ton of leads from Zillow. You had buyer agents. You were folk. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, we had buyer's agents. You know, we were crushing it. I mean, I was closing probably 15 to 20 deals a month um, with it. And so because of that, I justified spending nearly, uh, I hope my wife doesn't hear this on the podcast, but nearly <laughs> $15,000 a month. And shes uh, I can tell you her jaw just hit the floor right now. She hears this. Um, but it, it was, I mean, it was things were good. We were getting a ton of business coming in. And uh, it was one of those things where I didn't still fully understand the cost acquisition or the um, the profitability with, with things that are there, and so at the end of the day, you know that I I went through at the end of that year and ran up added up my numbers. Zillow was 42% of the deals that I had closed um, the the last year that I that I advertised with them heavy you know hard hitting like that, and it was I, I think I spent almost a hundred thousand dollars towards Zillow that year, and uh, they. Um, and I, and I went through and I looked, and, and we generated about $225,000 in commissions. And, and I had okay, so let, let's, let's, the split model. Yeah, okay, so there, you just said the last bit. So let, listeners, here's what I want you to focus on, okay? What he's trying to explain to you is the amount of money that he was earning net after paying, paying the buyer's agents and buying the leads um, was you know, what he just said. Now, he did not factor in you know, – I'm sure he had a transaction coordinator. He did not factor in all the time and all the adult daycare activities he had to basically uh, you know, put himself through to, to manage the buyer's agents. He did not talk about all of that. So when he earned you know, 200000 or whatever – what was the number again, Todd? It was about two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in commission. Um, off buyer side, just, just off buyer size. A, yeah. Yeah. So. So so a hundred a hundred went to paying the buyer's agents off the two hundred gross, and then you'd spent a hundred in buying leads. So you made off the buyer side a total of nothing. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. But you got a bunch of awards and plaques, busy. and everyone thought you were a badass. Yeah, everybody said it was a wonderful thing. So and everybody and everybody knew who I was. I mean, I was the. I mean, I remember that early later that year, Zillow came in, and because we still weren't syndicated directly with our MLS feed, and uh, I know we did a brokers open or a brokers a, a designated brokers meeting, and I, I went to the meeting and talking to the Zillow rep, everybody kept expecting me to talk to them, you know, thinking that I knew everything there was about Zillow just because, you know, you go on Zillow and I was there, I was on every spot that you could find, um, in in Zillow, so when you see those people. The, those listing agents or those agents when you look at a Zillow listing and you see them at, at that number one spot, I can tell you right now they're paying way too much to be there. <laughs> so it's, uh, that sounds like a slight, that, that sounds like a slight, that sounds like a slightly sinister laugh, by the way. So, uh, with regret, but, but, so. so what's the takeaway? What did you learn from that experience? What did you, and, so let's, I'm going to take a sidestep. 
Why did yeah. you do it in the first place? Why did you think – did you not ever stop when you were building this you know, thing? Did you not ever stop to do the math and figure out that you weren't going to make any profit? How did you go about spending uh, – researching whether that was a valid business model, or were you just believing that more transactions and everything else follows? Were you just believing that the more units yeah. you do, and all of a sudden basically the, gold, the riches follow? Well, t- talk about it from your own experience for the sake of those who are trying to help – um, avoid that same mistake. Sure. Yeah. My the phrase that I used a lot of time was um, the the qualities and the quantity uh, was the phrase that uh, gets thrown around a lot. I know in real estate, and that was exactly what it was. But with the with that business model um, in in Zillow, there it just doing it as a team leader, trying to sell that many homes and and only getting. 50% of the commission. I mean, it wouldn't have been a bad deal if I was a solo agent doing it. Um, however, you know, you got to, I mean, the, the time that it took, and I shouldn't say I, I want to backtrack because the time that I took or the time that every agent spent, I mean, you're looking at, you had to take 10 to 15 phone calls per person just to get a face-to-face set up, uh, appointment. Um, you know, it goes into a lot of what you were talking about, well, a lot of like the back office or the behind-the-scenes type work that was there that, it, uh, I've just come to the conclusion that it just wasn't worth it. I mean, the amount of work that you had to do to find those three to five leads out of the hundreds that they send you, um, just was, it was a, it was a tough pill to swallow. And, and I'm, and I, and the, for me, the only reason it worked, or I should say the only reason that I was able to keep afloat and that was keeping my face out of the water, um, uh, was just cause I was a grinder, um, you know, going in and, and consistently making phone calls, consistently doing it, having that, never say die moment, uh, mentality where, you know, buyer's agents come, they've gone. And, uh, and when they left me, um, I, you know, I had, I had a, a, a huge um, turn of events uh, a couple of years ago where you know, I had a team of 10 people and they basically thought they had leverage on me and came to me and just said, you need to change our commission split or we're going to leave. And, uh, you know, and they were only averaging one or two sales a month. And, and so I told them, I said, you know, if you guys want to make more money, then you need to sell more homes. I mean, it's that simple in the sales in the real estate world. Uh, but, but what happened is they all got together and they thought they had leverage on me. And, and uh, so I told them to, to, to basically, here's the front door, take it or leave it. And uh, they all chose to leave. And I still had those commitments with uh, Zillow and other, and other places. It uh, it was a huge upheaval for me um, on there, and uh, I've never never even shared that with anybody. Um, only those you know people probably wonder what's happened in my area, but but it was a it was a big mess. I mean, it left me in a huge hole, and it took me a long time to to climb out of it and really help me. That was kind of the first slap in the face to help me understand that just because you know I have the mentality where I can go, hey, I can just continue selling more homes and everything's going to be okay. Money's just a flow. It's easy to find another buyer or another seller and sell a home. Um, and, yeah, temporarily it is to do it, but with those big commitments that I had, it, it nearly ruined me. Um, well, so and this so – it, it, did no one tell you when you were building this thing up? Obviously you were emulating – something you'd heard. Somebody told you this was the right. thing to do. Maybe you had some guru that you were following. Maybe you basically were picking up pieces and parts from different sources of information. You never stopped to question the validity of the information you were receiving. You just followed blindly and built this team. Is that correct? I don't want to know if I'd say blindly. I mean, a lot of it certainly was, um, you know, the Zillow reps were always pushing me to increase my spend. They're, the spend. They're going, oh, this is amazing. You know, showing me how many more deals I'm selling. And I and, and so I was just seeing the number going. This is awesome. We're killing it based on the closings um, that were there. And uh, but at the end of the you know really at the end of the day, uh, I didn't do my job as correctly as I should have. I didn't hold my expenses as accountable as I should have. And it was a and I and I paid dearly for it. It was a very expensive lesson, Tim. Yeah, well, you're, and I appreciate your bluntness, and I appreciate your honesty, and I hope the listeners are listening. And this is the type of thing, Todd, as you know, you listen to the show, that we talk about virtually every day. So here, guys, sure. I'm bringing in – by the way, we're about to take – Todd turned his act – you know, you got his act together, and we're going to talk about the, the new Todd Watkins. But what I want you guys to understand is what he's experiencing, what he's expressing in brutal honesty is something that all of you need to hear. 
And it even gets worse when the economy changes. It even gets worse if you're a broker and you're in this paradigm of buying leads. When the team model was created back in the early 90s, Okay, guys, you were not paying your buyer's agents 50%. You were not buying leads from Zillow. You were not doing all these dumb things, and commissions were more. Back when the team model was created, Howard Britton was the one that spawned it, and then you know Keller Williams and other people sort of took it to the next level and all the rest of this. There was The profit was part of the conversation, but what's happened over time is the commission's been eroded, the expense of running the teams because buyer's agents are demanding more commission split, and you guys are thinking that buying leads, and by you guys thinking you're buying leads, what do I mean by that, is if you've not been in the business as long as Todd has, then you don't know that buying leads is a relatively new phenomena that essentially leads to essentially a forever financial dependency that will make it so that you're never going to have any real profit out of your business. And so before you get into real estate or while you're building your team or while you're thinking about what's next for you, I challenge you not to be considering adding lots of staff just for the sake of adding transactions. It's dumb. Build, prof build your business around profit. Your goal in real estate, your product from selling homes is profit. Yes, happy customers. Yes, all those other nice things. But at the end of the day, if you're not making profit, guys, you're not in business. And you won't be in business for long. You're stealing time from yourself. Your own life energy is going out the door just for the sake of doing deals. But you're also stealing it from your family and your loved ones, where you could be doing something else with them. This is just the brutal truth about the insanity that's been entered into, that's entered into the real estate business in earnest since like 2008 or 2009, and people are just forever perpetuating it at the detriment of agents. They're, you guys are believing things that are causing you harm, and you're just not slowing down enough to know it. So, Todd, I really appreciate it, man. That's, that's some brutal truth right there, brother. Um, let's talk about what you're doing now. Let's talk about lead generation, taking the lessons that sure. you learned uh, from that experience, how did you pivot? What are you doing differently? And how, what yeah. kind of difference has that made in your in your business? So basically with uh, that big, uh, I mean, the best way to put it is a mutiny that happened in, within my team. <laughs> I mean, I felt like I was the captain of a pirate ship and there was truly a mutiny uh, that was happening. And, um, it, and so at that point, it just became, you know, I had to shut everything off. All my spend on everything just, just said, you know what, this is it. And now I need to go back and focus, basically get back to the basics. And we're focusing on the free or the near free um, items that are out there. And so um, because of the lead generation and, and part of what you were talking about, you know, the online lead generation, that has changed considerably too. Everybody's doing it now. Back then when I was doing it, it was much easier to turn and burn, just call people and, and set up it and make the call. It's much more difficult to do even more now than it was then and so that's why I I didn't focus on my circle of influence or focus on the free or the near free things at that point just because there were so many things that were readily available but that is I'd say up about three four years ago that changed drastically and it made well, it well I don't very, understand what you're talking about I'm, I'm trying to understand what you're saying explain okay you're saying that well the cost of online lead generation or the quality of the of the leads that you generate online is that what you're referring to it just changed three four years ago is that what you're saying yeah i'd say it's changed on several fronts um one okay. it's become more expensive um two almost everybody's doing it so there's a ton more competition now than what there is and i'll tell you, you know, i mean i like to compete tim but i like to win darn it and so if I'm in a pool now where, you know, I, I'll call people and I still will, will talk to people on the phone, but they honestly tell me that as soon as they put their name on Zillow or one of those other lead, you know, those other real estate sites, they'll say, I feel like I just put, put my foot in a shark tank. I mean, a bunch of piranhas yeah. have now started calling me and uh, they're getting harassed. And so when you call them, they're all pissed off and they tell you to pound sand now. And it makes it much more difficult to try to come across as the helpful agent because they're just upset with uh, – with doing that. And so it, it forced me to, to really look at my business model. Um, one, because all the money I had was just going to pay off the obligations that I had and the debt that had incurred because everybody left me. And so I had to go to the free or the near free. So I focused on reaching out to my circle of influence more on a systematic, systemized, uh, you know, a consistent basis um, with things that are there. And that's, and that's key because you got to stay in front of people. 
I mean, I've, there's been many people that I've seen that were friends or, or, you know, acquaintances that were in my sphere that I've talked with about real estate, but because I didn't consistently stay in front of them, they just hired their friend or, you know, somebody in their tips group because it was more convenient because they said, oh, well, you're too busy. You know, you're so busy you can't even talk to me. So I just hired this person because I didn't want to bug you because I know you're so you're so busy selling homes. And I'm going, are you kidding? You know, we, we always make time to help people buy and sell homes. Um, but because I didn't convey that message, I've lost out on many other transactions that I could have uh, acquired because of that. And so but let's let's um, take a little sidestep. Just let's take a sidestep there because you just said a really important thing that I want everyone to understand. What he's expressing to you guys is what any veteran agent will tell you. Um, and sometimes they say it after having experienced what he did. Others of them will say it. That's basically in a, in a, the opposite direction. But here's the gist of it. When you take any top yeah. producers uh, close transactions and you go and you tally up where the deals came from. Uh, they're always the majority after maybe five, maybe seven years, the majority of them are going to come from centers of influence and uh, past clients. As you're working up, let's say you do 50 deals, you might get in the first five years, you might only get maybe a quarter of your deals from centers of influence and past clients. But then as you work it up and you get more efficient, uh, efficient with picking up the phone and doing the real work, then you're going to see that it's easy to have that you know, 50 to 75% of all your deals come from COI past clients. Here's the mistake a lot of you guys are making, and this is what social network working is doing to essentially cover up the facts. You guys will get a call from somebody who um, you know, wants to list their house or buy a house or whatever, and you're going to say, why did you call me? And they might say Facebook, or they might say some social networking thing. But if you don't ask a secondary question, because you were running an ad, let's say, if you don't ask the secondary question, was there any other reason? Did anyone refer you? Then you're not going to, you won't find out that Susie, who you worked with three years ago, actually told that person to call you, and that's the real source of the business, and they just happened to find your or see you on Facebook for whatever particular reason. They would have called you anyway, or they would have done business with you anyway had they called you. But the Facebook thing makes you think the social worked, and it didn't. The social had nothing to do with why you did the transaction. It didn't remind them. It didn't build your brand. None of those things, all those things are just elegant lies that make you broke. That's the little confrontational part that all of you guys need to come to terms with because when you go through and you add up where your deals come from, and I know there's coaches and gurus out there that are telling you that all your business can come from social. Well, maybe if you spend enough money and you absolutely positively make no profit – you can generate enough leads from social that you will get enough leads to close and that you'll have some transactions, but you won't have any profit. And at the end of the day, you've got to ask yourself, and this is my next question for Todd. Todd, why didn't you do the real work first? Why didn't you pick up the phone? Why didn't you actually get, put yourself in the, you know, the, the grinder mode? And just Because it's not like you didn't know that there was another way of doing business other than buying leads. Why didn't you do it, the, you know, essentially some people say it, the old school way to begin with? Right. Uh, honestly, like the instruction I got was here's a here's a phone book, call some people and let me know when you found somebody that's ready to buy or sell. And uh, I mean that was kind of the the training that I got, and uh, beyond just hey here, you know filling out the paperwork. So there wasn't really any guide to what I needed to do. I mean yeah you heard people say oh you need to focus on your circle of influence or talk with them and and, and I did that a little bit when I first started, but I didn't get much success from it. And so um, I, I uh, you know, I, I saw that other people were, were buying leads online, and so I did it. And it just, you know, and seeing those number of leads, you know, coming through, finding, you know, getting 500, 600 leads a month coming through, it made me feel like, hey, man, I'm really, I'm really successful. I'm really doing something awesome here. And so, but the leads uh, gave you a full sense of security, people. right? They but did. the leads yeah, gave you a false yeah. And putting them into a drip campaign and putting them into a CRM where you could brag about having 600 people in your CRM that you were dripping on, that gave you a false sense of security. And that probably made it so that you were feeling less anxious about not actually having pick, learned to pick up the phone and do the real work. Is that a fact? Sure. Definitely. The guilty is charged. Yeah. So. Well, not just you, brother, everybody. All right, so now you not only work your centers of influence and past clients, you're, actually, you're also – you are uh, doing actual calls to pro- – this is the irony of this whole thing, too. I'm going to take you guys around. I think it's a funny joke. I, I think Todd will, too. So I don't know if you guys are listening very intently, but here's Todd 
who is basically a, you know, a, he's an agent in Washington State kicking some serious buddies, getting these phone calls from a Zillow rep trying to sell him something that's online lead generation. Do you guys get the irony in that? So here's someone who's trying to sell him online lead generation by picking up the phone. Huh. It's almost <laughs> like they know that the most effective way to make a sale is by picking up the damn phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. So here's, here's a I great conclusion that I've come to, Tim, with this, and I hope the, yes. I hope the listeners can appreciate this. Uh, the, the one Early on, I was saying one of the most powerful words that I needed to learn was no. There's a, it is empowering to say no. You need to say no a hundred times before you give a yes if you're going to try to add something into your business. Um, but, but here's what I, the conclusion that I came to, is that if people are calling me, it's because they want my money more than I want their service. If I'm calling them, it's because I want their service and I'm happy to give them my money. Hmm. Okay. So – it's uh, I, and I know it's. I mean, it, it's it's something where it's just going like, hey, you know what? Because we get hit up. I, I get probably two or three times a day have different all sorts of different lead sources that are calling me trying to sell me their services because they want my money. And so I look at it and I'm going, well, you know, if I wanted their service, I would pick up the phone and call them uh, with that. I mean, it's just about anything. It's just like you know, anything on Amazon or or wherever else you go. We go and we seek we seek and find what we want. It, it's so. Um, with, with that, so I, I, I know it's kind of maybe a goofy way to look at it, but that's how I look at it. No, I—I like, hey, I have to think about it. I like it. It sounds profound, yeah. and when I—I I have to think about it. And so here, here's an interesting little observation. In every one of the markets of every one of the agents listing, United States, Canada. I know we have some listeners in Guam. You know, I see we get listings out of Europe. Every single one of you have lists and lists of people that have to sell at your fingertips, and those lists are free. Really, yeah. they're free now. You can, I suppose, make it complicated, make it sound like you have to run some expensive campaigns and trying to, you know, predict who in your market's going to want to sell their house next or send out a bunch of postcards and build your brand and hopefully one day a seller will call you. Or you can just literally download one of these lists of, uh, you know, seller leads that where the sellers not only have they told you that they want to sell their house. But they've also you've also been able to readily, uh, if it's an expired, figure out what the price shouldn't be. Otherwise, it would have sold. You could see <laughs> pictures of the house. Okay, you could yeah. see all this other stuff. But in addition, if you want to look at unrepresented owners or for sale by owners, same thing. So in this yeah. world where everyone's buying leads and everyone's trying to outbrand each other and out team and out brag and out ego, when everyone is choosing to be famous over being rich. You guys are wondering, what the heck should I be doing? How about this? Why don't you figure out and learn how, as Todd has, to pick up the phone and call the people who already have their hands in their air saying, yes, I want to sell my house. Now, he's in a market where there's hardly any expired because he's in a hot market. So he has to focus on you know, the other sources that you guys can learn how to do. But at the end of the day, here's the bottom line. Todd, help these guys understand that they should not procrastinate learning to do the real work of real estate. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I anybody that joins my team now is you we focus on the three things that we can control. What to say, how to say it, and how many people you say it to. And the beauty of that is it's all free. It's you know, it, it's sweat equity, putting in, learning to talk to people. Actually this is a this is a relationship business. And so talking to the people that you have the relationships with first are amazing. You know, find yourself two or three people that are uh, proponents or huge fans or huge fans of you and get them to make sure that they're helping push your business as well um, on it. I mean, that's just, it, it's uh, getting the word of mouth referral is the strongest advertising that you can ever have. Especially nowadays where you have all these dubious review yes. sites, especially yep. nowadays where you have all this dubious information. People have gone to personal referrals as in talking to somebody more than ever before because they don't trust the sources of information because they know it's mostly gamed. Well, this person has five stars review. This person has four stars review. This person has 16 million reviews on this website. Well, guess what? My neighbor said I should call this person because this person did a good job. I'm going with what my neighbor said. Everyone operates like that, and yet agents are afraid to pick up the phone and learn how to do the real work. By the way, guys, Todd has done something really generous. He's put together um, – actually, you talk about it. And, guys, he's going to give this away to you for free. No strings attached. 
because he and I, he and I have been talking about this podcast for a while, and he said, you know what, I want to do something in the light of helping agents who maybe are down, going down the wrong path and don't really know it, and I want to make their journey a little bit smoother and easier. Guys, you know, I've never had a podcast uh, guest that actually came ready to give away something for free. Um, so, Todd, <laughs> describe what it is. <laughs> okay, so basically I just put together a little booklet that's called Tips and Tricks, you know, stuff that I wish I knew when I first started out. It was really a booklet that I made to myself saying, hey, dummy, like here's the things that you should have focused on when you first started or or what I wish I had known where somebody had taught me. And so I'm passing it. You know, I, I'm, I'm giving this booklet to new agents in my area, and I've had a lot of success with it, and, and I want to share it with, with realtors across the country because I know there's a lot of people that are like that really don't know what to do. And, and I truly believe that every realtor should be able to sell two homes a month. If you put in the work or do, you know, just follow the simple steps that are in the booklet that I did, um, you, you should be able to sell two homes a month. It's just being consistent. I mean, it may take 60 to 90 days to get you comfortable doing it. But beyond that, you know, I've been able to, even with all this turmoil and things that I've done, Tim, and I, and I hope I don't come across bragging, that, I, you know, money is the unit where we can measure our success. I still make, uh, you know, over $100,000 a year, um, no matter what market we're in. And it's in a good market or a bad market, you'll still be able to be successful as long as you put in the work, stay, you know, and, and, and pay attention to the basics. And so that's what this is. It's, it uh, is basically a booklet that shares, tells you how to approach, like, for sell-by-owners, uh, expired listings. You know, there's a little bit of door knocking in there as well, uh, working with your circle of influence. And then there's some scripts in there as well um, with, with things that are there. It's basically stuff that I've just uh, that I've come up with where, you know, everybody's got their research and development uh, departments. I've just ripped off and duplicated and have been fairly successful with what I've got. And I just want to share it so that you guys can be successful as well. Well, this goes back to so, the question I asked you originally, right? What would have been the things you wish you would have known 18 years ago when you got into real estate? Uh, there it is. It's encapsulated into his, his, the, the, book that he, the book he created. So, guys, here's all you got to do is just text the word TIPS, T-I-P-S, to 88111. Text the word TIPS, T-I-P-S. Did I get it right? Excuse me. It's tricks. I, I, oh, tricks. T-R-I-C-K-S. Sorry. Tricks, yes. Tricks. No, no, that's okay. No, tricks. T-R-I-C-K-S. Yes. Thank you for telling me how to spell tricks, Todd. That was good of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't want anybody telling the cereal. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. So text the word tricks, T-R-I-C-K-S, to 888-111. Text the word tricks, T-R-I-C-K-S, to 888-111. All right, so the last question I've got for you, and dude, really sincerely appreciate your time and you being so honest, because you are speaking to the masses of the agents out there who are right now – Trying to decide where should they go in their business. What they sh I see questions on Facebook and different places. What should I be spending my money on? You know, what should I? Guys, right. stop thinking like that. Stop doing that. Stop acting like that. Stop thinking you can buy your way to business. Stop looking for shortcuts. Listen to what this man is telling you. He's telling you the truth. He's telling you exactly what he wish he would have known. And by the way. All of you, because the vast majority of you, it's just you know a fact, have not been in the business for certainly 18 years. Probably have been in the business for less than five years. You're probably only you're not going to want to listen to what he said because it involves real work. It's going to involve you doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. And remember when I was telling you guys earlier to monitor what your actual reaction would be to what he had to say. Well, if you found yourself saying, too hard, too long, I want it faster, I want it easier, I want to hit the easy button, you're going to experience the exact same thing he experienced. Of course you are. Everybody does. The business model that he was following, and he did not know it, and probably when he started following it, it, wasn't, it didn't you know, become what it had be, has become. But the business model that he was following was not – is not designed around making profit. It's designed around doing transactions. It's designed around spending money to have units so that you can brag about it. So when you go to your awards banquet, you can be number one at this, number one at that. It's literally a conversation all of you need to be having with yourselves or you ask yourself if you have a choice to be rich or famous, which do you choose? Everyone says rich. And yet, what do you guys do with your money? You buy, you spend the money on trying to be famous. I have a feeling you and I are 
totally and completely resonating. Anything you want to say to that? I have a feeling you have something you want to say. Yeah, no, it definitely is um, with it on there. And uh, it's, you know, part of uh, the the next thing that I had to do as I was going through my journey here, Tim, is just changing, is eliminating a lot more expenses as well to become more profitable. And uh, and one of those things was honestly was uh, was closing my brokerage that I had formed, and that was a big pill to swallow. It was that pride thing that comes up. I mean, that seems to be a lot of the issues that I have. I'm sure it is with a lot of other realtors, that ego where I felt like I was a failure closing my brokerage to actually go and join a different brokerage that's revolutionizing the world, um, where it is basically the Netflix uh, model and what I was running was the Blockbuster model beforehand. And uh, Well, actually, I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask you about that. Okay. I was, why did you decide to move to eXp Realty? What were the, I mean, what, those are the talking points that a lot of eXp talks about. But I really, it was sure. interesting for me to hear you just say you had to struggle to basically give up what you thought was your autonomy of owning your own brokerage and all that, which does go back to ego, right? So yeah. why did you ultimately decide to move over to eXp Realty? Uh, it, was just, it, it was for several things. One was uh, definitely to eliminate uh, several thousand dollars worth of expenses from from what I had to do because it's a huge nut that you got to crack. I mean, I was having to produce just to make my office stay stay open, and then had to produce twice as much just to pay my home my housing bill on top of that. And so I was truly I I, I realized that. I was living the definition of insanity. I know that everybody overplays that that quote, you know, that we're saying, you know, the the definition of insanity is to continue doing the same thing and expect different results. But that's exactly what I've been doing my whole real estate career. And um, and it wasn't until I looked at what EXP offered that it opened my eyes, uh, and I could not unsee what I'd seen. And so a couple of things that for me was one. Um, that I, I'd always wanted to be able to offer some type of retirement package at my brokerage and healthcare. I'm not able to do that as a small mom and pop shop type deal. Like it's just, I didn't have the buying power, the negotiating power to do that. So those were two things that EXP was able to provide for me. So providing, you know, CRM systems for free. So now no longer do I have to spend um, five or, you know, uh, five, six hundred thousand, three thousand dollars a month on CRM systems. It's something that is, that, that, they provide a system for you there. It's a and it's a really good system um, on there uh, from there. So, but uh, well, so and, so they basically you could replace a lot of your brokerage's expenses because they had yes. uh, they had essentially best of breed technology. But the other thing, and I think listeners really need to get this clear in their heads, most of you guys are dependent on transactional income. And the thing about that is it's great, right? Provided the transactions are still coming in. Todd's, you know, generating all of his leads himself, so he's got great profit margins, and so he's making plenty of money. But here's the thing. What's his plan going forward? What's his plan for retirement? What's his plan for passive income? You guys have got to explore at least have EXP Realty on your radar because it really is the best thing to happen to real estate agents in the couple decades that I've been paying attention to real estate in terms of something that is an absolute pure play, pure play best of breed, agent-centric business model. I've never seen anything like it. And look, Todd is an EXP agent. I'm sure he'd be thrilled to talk with you about it. Just text the word TRICKS, T-R-I-C-K-S. Not only will you get his book, but I'm sure he'll follow up with you and answer any questions you might have about EXP. And you can text the word TRICKS, T-R-I-C-K-S, to 888-111. Now here, I have a little fun thought for you. How many of you are listening, actually having really intensely listened and appreciated everything he had to say, but then when he started talking about EXP, how many of you started to a little bit get skeptical about the things he'd said before? That's not about what he said and what he and I talked about. That's about you. That's about your mindset to new ideas. Maybe EXP to you is something that's totally foreign and makes you uncomfortable. Well, connect with Todd. Find out about it. Text the word TRICKS, T-R-I-C-K-S, to 888-111. Or maybe you're somebody who's offended because we're talking about brokerage models on our podcast. Some of you are like that. I get that. But guess what? It's my obligation, my moral obligation, to tell you what I find might out in the marketplace that might be something that's going to help you shorten your path up to the top of the mountain. That's the reason I have on guests like Todd. That's the reason Julie and I go down the rabbit hole with so many of these controversial, for real estate anyway, topics that we do because we're trying to help you. 
We're trying to put you in a position that three years, two years, 12 months, 10 years from now, you are in a massively better financial position than you are now because that is the point of being in business, to make a profit. And with that profit, you reinvest it in things that produce passive income. And the definition of rich is where your money works for you. You no longer have to work for your money, and you have enough passive income coming in so that if you chose to, you wouldn't necessarily have to worry about doing transactions at the same level anymore. So, Todd, anything else you'd like to say to these guys as we round the bend? Um, man. You know, the text uh, tricks um, from there, get the booklet. You know, there, there's a seven-minute video that, that kind of explains briefly some of the EXP stuff as well. So there's two links in, in that when you text me um, for, for the download there. But uh, beyond that, I'd just say, you know, feel free to reach out to me if you've got questions, concerns, whatever. I'm, I'm an open book. I'm happy to share in, any of that information with you. Um, but focus, focus on what makes you happy. Uh, you know, be, become a professional. You know, part of my thing was I tried to get big, too big, too quick. And so you need to focus, number one, on getting your circle of influence under control. Get that. Once you're comfortable working your sphere of influence, add one more lead generation source um, and only work that generation source in, in conjunction with your SOI for six months. Become a professional at whatever your new lead source is before you try adding more. Don't get too big too quick. Become a professional. Specialize in what it is that you do before you move forward. Ah, sounds like Todd listens to the podcast. <laughs> yes. I mean, guys, that's the bottom line, what he said. And build around profit and build around being of service to other people. So, hey, Todd, I had a lot of fun talking with you. You've got a great personality. You uh, radiate the exact quality that um, the industry needs more of, one of giving, one of sincerity, and look, guys, you listened to him talk. You heard what he had to say. How, does it, how do you feel right now? I bet you feel more confident. I bet you feel, sure. I bet you feel excited because you, you listened to Todd and what he was saying, and he was being really honest. And there was no gray area in between what he and I were talking about. It was really clear what we were saying. Are you listening? Are you going to make the mistake that, frankly, everyone does, not just him, where you think when you're younger or maybe even when you're older, I'm stubborn. I'm going to figure out how to do it myself. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make it so that I'm going to be the first one ever. No, don't do that. The smartest way for you to obtain the largest amount of success the quickest is following in the footsteps of others or, more specifically, learning from the mistakes of others opposed to forcing yourself to have to make them yourself. Listen to what he yeah. said. He's trying to shorten your version. Take it seriously. Hey, man, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, I, I appreciate it as well. And hope that hopefully the message comes across. Either choose to struggle or choose to succeed. One of the two. That's it. Hey, guys. Text the word TRICKS, T-R-I-C-K-S, to 888-111. Thank you, Todd. Everyone else, have a fantastic day. Thank you. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time... Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.